Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. Your baseball is suspended home for Cubs news updates and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us on Twitter at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. My name is Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. And I guess life without baseball, that's like all I write about now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is, right? Hi, guys. Andy Cruz Vanasek. And um, I'm kind of excited that like people have started letting us watch brand new movies in our home because tonight we get to watch Trolls World Tour. And I don't know if I'm more excited or if my children are more excited. Okay, so I have a confession to make. I don't Uh-oh. know anything about this Trolls phenomenon at all. But last night when I was watching Top Chef, because I am obsessed with Top Chef. Kelly Clarkson was on, uh, and they were doing this whole thing about the Trolls World Tour thing, and I was like, that looks kind of cool. I might watch. <laughs> okay, so personally, I was never a fan of, like, the toys or, like, the cart. I think they had a cartoon, like, kind of a generic cartoon a long time ago. But when the movie came out a couple years ago, it's Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick, two of my most favorite actors, entertainers, singers ever. Like, love them. They're hilarious. And even in cartoon, it, it, still, it still translates the same. I mean, they're just so great together. And that movie was awesome. So I'm like, yeah, they're both back on the next movie, doing it together. And I'm ready to ready to um, check that out. So I'm pretty excited that they're releasing it straight to, straight to I think it's Amazon Prime is what it's going to. All so right. I apologize for those people that probably won't hear this before it happens. <laughs> Um, but I think it is available to rent on Amazon prime. And I just looked it up. I think it's $20 to rent and I believe you get it for two days. So there you go. All right. I mean, I might, I might check that out. I don't know if I'm going to pay $20, but you know what? I, I feel a little (laughs) uncomfortable about, about that too. But like my husband just keeps reminding me as we rent these movies, cause we do Friday night as kind of our movie rental night where we order takeout and get a movie. And I think last week we spent $14 on renting a movie and, you know, my husband's like, let's just remember how much we would spend if we actually went to the movie theater to buy tickets to get in. That's one person. I'm like, that is true. I will take that. That is that is a good way to look at it. So. Oh, that's 100 percent true. I, I more meant it from the perspective of like, I don't know that I would have gone to see trolls in the theater. No, like, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. Then again, then again, I don't see that many movies in the theater. Uh, I like to watch when baseball movies come out. I go watch those and I'm a sucker for Star Trek movies. And yeah, that's really it. (laughs) It's like baseball and Star Trek gets me to the movie theater. (laughs) Yeah. I'm definitely a rom-com girl, but I won't spend my money to go to the movie theater to watch those. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is not a trolls podcast. This is ostensibly a baseball podcast. And there is baseball news. um, Even though the sport is not being played, they're trying to figure out, what might happen if there is able to be a season. And it looks like we've got two possibilities floating out in the ether right now. I kind of want to talk about both of them. If you read Bleed Cubby Blue, Al has been writing extensively about these options. So you're probably already a little bit familiar with them. But let's start with the one that came out first. This was last week or maybe even a little bit earlier. And this is the idea that the entirety of MLB, all teams, would relocate to Arizona and they would play all of their games across the complexes in the Cactus League and the players would just be at hotels, I guess, under constant quarantine. Okay, like I get it. I miss baseball. I miss baseball a lot. I miss being able to watch any sports. 
at all. I mean, you know, you can only watch so many replays before it kind of sinks in that like this is a replay and I'm watching it again. You know, I mean, right. I just I miss sports so much. I know I am not alone. I know there's many of us listening to this right now that really miss sports. Here's my concern with any thoughts of bringing baseball back a little prematurely. And I say prematurely because I feel like if you have to make any of these decisions, like, you know, having players self-quarantine um, while they're playing games in an empty stadium, sitting six feet apart in the empty stands because they can't sit in the dugout, you can't have mound visits, you can't have catcher to mound visits. I mean, just stuff like that. To me, it just seems a little reckless and maybe just sit back and wait until it's a little bit safer. I understand everybody is desperate to have some sort of something happen. NBA is going to do a horse game, which I cannot be more excited for. And I think <laughs> they will probably have the largest audience of any anything NBA that they will ever have watching this game of horse on ESPN, because that is all we're getting right now. So, I mean, I think it probably just, if you have to have this many stipulations and this many different things, um, changed and and different then i think it might just be a better idea to just hold off and see what happens now i say that but in the same token i'm kind of like well if they can pull it off and they're not endangering anybody like i'm really desperate for sports it just there's just a side of me that is kind of like uh I don't know if they should even try it it just feels a little dangerous a little bit too soon a little bit rushed Definitely, I have mixed emotions on it, but I'm leaning more towards the side of let's just wait. Let's just hold off and wait. So I, I also have mixed emotions about this. And don't get me wrong. I <laughs> I would give just about anything for there to be sports on right now. It is. God, this whole quarantine, everything is so strange and weird, like all of the normal things that you can do to take your mind off a bad situation are also things that you're not allowed to do right now. And it's just, I don't know. It's really hard to just stay inside all the time and cycle through the news or a book or a video game or work or back again. I mean, I, you know, I live by myself in like a small apartment in Chicago and it's, it's fine. Like everything, you know, I'm not in any danger and I'm not sick and I have my health and that's outstanding. I haven't hugged a human being in a month. <laughs> like I have not had just time to turn, like, you know, just turn on a baseball game, not know what's going to happen and just watch it and enjoy it. And I would love to be able to do that, but I have some serious concerns about this Arizona plan in particular. And if you, if you follow, um, Aaron Dolan on Twitter, that's Sean Doolittle's wife, and I hope to God I'm saying her first name correctly. I don't think I've ever heard it out loud before. You know, she is a great follow all on her own. She's awesome and just super smart about baseball. And her and Sean both do a lot of great stuff uh, for workers' rights and for drawing attention to labor issues and those types of things. She retweeted a, a post from Matt Pierce a couple of days ago about this plan. And, and I want to read first the post from Matt Pierce because it has a whole independent concern within it. And then secondly, what she flagged as her concern. So the excerpt that she posted from Matt Pierce says, players, coaching staffs, and other essential personnel would be sequestered at local hotels where they would live in relative isolation and travel only to and from the stadium. 
it would require the buy-in of players whose sources expect to be skeptical of separating from their families for an indefinite amount of time, perhaps as long as four and a half months. Ugh. I don't think you can ask players to live by themselves in isolation from their families, their kids, people that depend on them for four and a half months. Like I no, like, don't get me wrong. I'm doing just fine. I would not recommend this as the plan for anyone. And I would certainly not recommend it as the plan for people who have families and loved ones that they would love to be around for the sake of us getting to watch a game sometimes. So I'm going to start with that. And then I'll say what her second concern was, but your reaction to the like separated from your family for four and a half months. Well, forgive my my ignorance here, but I kind of want, want to know what would be the difference between that and a normal season. I mean, I guess they would get to see their families every once in a while, but it, it wouldn't be like they just wouldn't have the option of doing it at all, I guess. Am I right there? I mean, because they don't. They don't. You you read a lot of families are pretty much separated the majority of the season because they have small children. They can't travel with them all over the place. They may occasionally, you know, I know they have long road trips and that's the, that's the extent of what they'll be away from their family. But I mean, you know, if you can piece together four months, if that's really, I mean, yeah, it would suck. And I, I'm only speaking from a place of my husband traveled a lot for his job uh, a couple years back when my youngest was right before she was born. My husband would travel six weeks and then be home for three weeks and then travel for six weeks and be home for three weeks. And when I say travel, I mean, he was not home at all for six weeks. So, I mean, I, I've done it. It's not four and a half months and it, it does suck, but it's definitely, it's doable. It's not something you probably would want to do. And you definitely don't want to do it under the circumstances of you would not have contact with anybody else. Like, you know, obviously we still had friends and family that we would see when he was gone. We would travel to my, my family's um, up North, but you know, you wouldn't even be able to do that. So I definitely see that, that perspective. If that's like, I, I don't see that being like the main issue. Yeah. It would suck. Four and a half months is a long time, but we're on the verge of having to do that anyways. Granted, yes, they're with their families, but I, I don't, I don't see this, the quarantine being lifted. I mean, I, I could see us having to, to be quarantined for another month and a half, two months, and we're already on what a month. So, I mean, I don't know. I can see it, but I can't at the same time. It's like, I get it. And I would, it would suck. It would not be ideal. But if it were a matter of they just wanted to go play baseball and get the season started, I could see where some of them would want to do it. I could also see where some of them would be very skeptical about it. Yeah, I just, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not married and I don't have kids, so I can't speak to what it's like, to, what it would be like to be separated from a husband and kids for that long. I, I do know people do it. Like my dad used to work away for a time when we were kids, he would go do um, jobs, construction jobs in Arizona and would leave us for a little while and then would come back. And that was really hard on him. But I just feel like one, he did that because it was make or break for our family for him to do that. It was, we would not have money to survive <laughs> without those construction jobs. Right. And I just don't know that a baseball game is make or break for society in the way that would require every single player and coach and team staff and all the other people that have to travel to make that sacrifice for four plus months of not just away from your family, away from your family and alone with the exception of like the teammates you are quarantined with. And I just, 
I don't know. Like, I love baseball. It is my favorite thing on the planet outside of my family. I just cannot imagine. I don't I don't think my enjoyment of a three-hour baseball game is worth that level of separation for people. I, I, I had a lot of concerns there. But before, I don't know, we hashed out our concerns. Now I'm going to talk about the actual tweet that she had, which I think is also really relevant here. What about the non-millionaire hotel workers, security staff, ground crew, media members, team traveling staffs, clubhouse attendants, janitorial workers, food service workers, and all of the other people that would be required to make a game happen every day? Because a three and a half hour game is not just players. Well, yeah, I mean, my concern, and this is, I was kind of thinking about this earlier and started to write some notes on this, and I figured we'd get to the discussion part of it. But if they're going to be playing and they're playing for the benefit of, you know, obviously they all love to play baseball, but they're playing for the benefit of giving us something to have enjoyment on. And I appreciate that. But are we going to be able to appropriately receive that? I mean, obviously a crew to bring us a televised game is necessary if that's what they're going right. to do. I mean, obviously the, the, the shots that we're going to see and the, the, the angles that we'll get to see that will all be very, very, I would guess vanilla. Like you're not going to get a ton of great angles and all that good stuff that we would typically get because that would require way more people than necessary. But that was my thought. I'm like, if they're going to do this and they're going to, you know, possibly provide us game action way before we should be even thinking about this, then are we going to be able to consume it at all? Like I'm not going to a game anytime soon. I mean, I don't think anybody is, but are they going to make it so that we're able to watch it? Cause I don't know how you do that and still be quarantined and be safe. So that was, that was kind of a concern of mine. I'm sure it's doable. I'm sure that they can figure it out. It might feel like we're watching a T-ball game, but that's fine. I'm good with that. If that's what they decide and that's what's safe and it's doable without putting anybody in harm's way, then I would be totally fine with that. But that would be a major concern to me. Yeah, I'm just skeptical that it's even possible to have a event of that magnitude. So if you think of each baseball game as like a three-hour event that you're planning on televising and all of the people that need to move around to make that happen, and I agree, there would be like limited camera angles and we probably wouldn't have quite the same level of coverage that we're used to. Um, I am skeptical that all of the work that goes into even just a pared down baseball game happening on television, happening the number of times it would need to happen for there to be like a hundred plus game season is possible while keeping all of those workers and all of those players safe. I mean, she, uh, Dolan actually calls it baseball biodome and that totally made me laugh, but I, I think it kind of is what it is. It's like, go live in seclusion and we'll, we promise we won't let any jerks get in somehow to this random area of Arizona. Right. Oh my gosh. I, the so, biodome comment that I saw, I was like, that is so appropriate. And also kind of like another reason why I kind of pull back on the idea of that, letting them play baseball or wanting them to play baseball. Cause I'm like, Oh geez. <laughs> I just feel like I just, I just picture so many things. I watch way too many movies and I picture so many things and I'm like, Oh God, this could turn out really ugly. So I, I don't know. Biodome is appropriate, but also scary. I'm serious. I'm like, this is like a bad plot of a Stephen King novel or something. Like, I just need, I don't know about baseball biodome. Okay, so that's the first proposal for like how there could actually be baseball. 
Another one came out today, caveat, this is from Bob Nightingale, so take it for whatever it's worth. Um, the Bob Nightingale, who occasionally writes things that are correct, uh, USA Today wrote um, that another proposal for the 2020 season would involve teams being based at their own spring training site. So everybody stays in either Arizona or Florida. That obviously has the advantage of you already have a bit of a base set up there. So if you're, you know, you already had plans to spend a month and a half in Arizona, you probably have some sort of Airbnb, a house, something like that, a way for your significant other and your children to be with you. Uh, this plan would have all 30 teams return to their spring training sites, play regular season games only in those two states with no fans. So there would be no travel and it would minimize the risks of the COVID-19 pandemic. The divisions would be realigned. And we're going to talk about these division realignments in a second because they're outstanding um, based on the geography of their spring training home. And it would allow teams to have the comfort of their spring training sites for three weeks of training before they started the regular season. Uh, first off, this seems more plausible to me just because, like I already said, people already have a bit of familiarity and home base here. But the divisions you get are totally wild. So the Cubs division in this would be the Cactus League Northeast. And it would be, ready for this, the Chicago Cubs the San Francisco Giants, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Colorado Rockies, and the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I kind of I kind of like this. I mean, I know I was reading a bit about this and it like intrigued me and what better opportunity and this was the other thing I was going to bring up too. Like situations like this have a way of forcing us out of our comfort zone in a very quick manner. Like just as an example, my work had not yet gone over to working from home. Well, enter quarantine. You obviously, we had to be set up to work from home at a very quick rate. So like, you know, electronic strike zone, enter baseball during quarantine. You have to have an electronic strike zone because the umpire can't stand close to a player. You know, you want some sort of mix up in baseball to keep it fresh and interesting enter quarantine divisions. Like, I think this is just, I think it's a cool idea. And what better year to get away with something than this year? I mean, because really, you know, if everything goes back to normal at some point, and I use air quotes when I say normal, if everything goes back to normal at some point, you know, it, it's going to be, this is going to be a season that we talk about for many reasons, but why not just throw it all in the hat and just make it completely random and crazy and fun? I mean, isn't that what games are supposed to be isn't that what baseball is supposed to be like if this is a great opportunity and i really hope that baseball seizes this opportunity to do some fun things because it, it just i think it's so cool and i think it would just be i mean it would just liven things up quite a bit don't you think <laughs> i mean i look i am here for a cubs rockies rivalry if for no other reason than the rockies are my second favorite mlb social media team and they're awesome. And I just think that the games would be so fun <laughs> between the Cubs and the Rockies Twitter accounts. I would like that alone would be awesome. Uh, I, I don't know. I kind of like this division. This division is good for the Cubs. It could be so much worse. Uh, the Cardinals would be in the following division. This is the Grapefruit League East, by the way. The Nationals, the Houston Astros, the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Marlins. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. I mean, did they like, oh gosh, I was going to take a real bad pot shot right there. I won't do, do it. it. Never mind. Do it. No, do no. It 
You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go all in on on the St. Louis Cardinals today. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Would they decide to put all the cheaters in one league? Is that what happened? <laughs> the Red Sox are in the Grapefruit League South. So oh oh oh. So just same fruit, different different direction. Okay, <laughs> got it, got it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love this. I think this is great. I mean, they're so far away from us. They're like in a in a different state on a different coast. You know, I happen to live in the city, yes, but how great would that be to like not have to to talk about hear people in in the city talk about the Cubs? You know, they'll be talking about Houston, I'm sure, because you know they right. they have more to talk about with Houston than themselves right now, I guess. Okay, there are a couple of other elements of this proposal that I want to talk about, but we're going to do that on the flip side after a word from our sponsors. Make sure you stick with us after the break. You are not going to want to miss this. And we're back. So the Nightingale, like we do the spring training leagues proposal has two other elements to it that I think are really interesting. The first is that, and I, this is probably obvious to people, but I want you to think about it for a second. There's obviously no interleague here because you're not flying teams across the country to play each other. So you wind up with a regular season that is completely isolated within your own either Cactus League or Grapefruit League. And then a postseason where you play teams that you just haven't seen at all. So you would never see those teams in the other divisions. This like it harkens back to old school, like no interleague, American League, National League stuff. What do we think of that, Andy? Again, I don't mind it. I think it's kind of cool. And um, it'll be, it would be different. We'd see a whole new, well, we wouldn't necessarily because we're still playing quite a few national national league teams. Oakland would be a different look for us. Um, but you're going to see folks that are, are not playing the same division with the some of these other teams that would be playing them are going to run into a lot of names they don't know. I think it would also make for a lot more interesting baseball, if you think about it, because their scouting departments are going to be so freaking busy um, getting to know some of these pitchers and some of the, the new hitters. And you got people, I'm sure they would have some sort of expanded roster. So they have all kinds of minor league guys on these teams. You know, I think it would be crazy. I think it would make for some very exciting baseball as far as a lot of good pitching, a lot of good hitting. You know, I love it. I love it. Why not? Give us something to be excited about. Give us something to be happy about and and be entertained. You know, I mean, I, I already read today. I was really growing to love XFL. Like they really had done a good job. They had a great product. They were getting good turnouts all over the, the nation. And now I read today that, you know, they've shut down operations and they have no plans to return in 2021. You know, it's just, it's so sad. Like it really, it really stinks that this is what it's doing to folks. But, um, you know, like I said, baseball has a great opportunity here. I really hope they jump on it. And if they can see, making something happen and everybody agrees to it and believes it's safe, then why not? I mean, I just, I think it would be really cool. It'd give us a different look and just renew our love for the game. Yeah. I wasn't super into the XFL. I mean, I kind of outside of college football have taken a little bit of a break from football. Generally, I watch a little bit of the NFL here and there, but that's a, that's a story for the, for another day. I too, though, was super bummed. The timing of the XFL is just really unfortunate. I mean, they, Seemed to have a good launch. Lots of people I know were excited about it. They really liked um, different things like the referees being in the booth to explain calls and some of the other innovations they were doing. And so it just sucks that like timing wise, there's no way that they can get that back off the ground. Now, I do agree that this is a way for baseball to innovate and test something they've been looking at 
anyway, which is realignment. I'm not sure that this is the realignment that any of us had in mind. I don't think there's any like natural reason that the Cubs and the Giants and the Diamondbacks should be in a league together, but whatever. It's okay. I'm cool with it. Um, the other part of this that I wanted to get your feedback on that I am definitely for, and it took me a long time to be for it, uh, is that the DH would be universally implemented in this plan. Uh. <laughs> Listen, I know, I know. I I mean, if that is the sacrifice I have to make for getting baseball back this year, I'll, I'll do it. I'll be fine with it. I will live. I'm not a huge DH person in the national league. I have kind of fought. I don't know my, my every urge to like accept it just because there's some really exciting pitchers to watch hit sometimes and to have that completely taken away from us altogether, like with no option to ever see that is kind of, um, I don't know. It, it, it bothers me a little bit. So if that's, if the DH would be universal, if I would have to make that sacrifice, I'll be fine with it. I will take that and, and take it with a smile on my face because that would, that would give me baseball back. Then I would be good with it. Now, if you're telling me that it's something that is going to be talked about a lot more serious, like for 2021 or something like that. Yeah. Then I'm going to groan a lot about that. But if, if that comes into play with a shortened season, I can work with it. I mean, so they're not saying anything, obviously, about the DH would be universal forever and ever more after this. But it does seem to me like if if you test run this, right, and it works pretty well, I don't know. That's the one element of all of this that I think could become kind of permanent. I don't think that the Cubs are going to play in a division with the Giants forever. But I, I do think you could see a situation where they're like, yeah, we're going to realign. We're going to realign this way and BT dubs DH forever. So right. I feel like fans should know that that might be a consequence of this, right? Like if you have to realign that way, that could just be the consequence of testing out some new things that the DH becomes a universal thing and there will be no more Travis Wood postseason home runs. Ah! <laughs> That's what I think of every time we talk about DH. I think about Travis Wood and I think about Jake Arietta. Um, <laughs> though that's who I that's who I think about. Um yeah, I mean, and that kind of goes back to my my whole thing about forcing somebody out of their comfort zone in situations like this, because that's definitely something that was going to be, I think, probably negotiated a little bit more or even bounced around a little bit more before implementing it in any way. So it, it, in a situation like this where it's appropriate to try and work something like that into the changes. Yeah. I mean, I think people will be okay with it because it's, you know, it's to the point of desperation. Now, if we're talking baseball coming back at all, then heck yes, give it to me. I don't care. I mean, you know, but again, like I said, situations like this tend to force you out of your comfort zone and, and kind of, you're just okay with it because that's, that's your only option. It's to me, it just, you know, it's just one of those things that, another aspect of traditional old school baseball that is going to go away. And it makes me sad. Yeah, I, I hear that. I mean, there's, I'll, I'll be a little sad about it too. I like watching pitchers do incredible things every now and again, and John Lester can bench y'all and it's fun, but I, if, <laughs> I, I'm also a little bit like curious. I, Kyle Schwarber DH has a lot. Like I'm excited about that. <laughs> Kyle Schwarber would be an excellent designated hitter is all I'm trying to say. Um, Okay. 
So a couple other elements here that I want to talk about, and then we're going to move on to some other things. The first is that the one like big, huge caveat, like glaring red flag to me about this plan is that there is a reason that baseball is played in the spring in Arizona and Florida and not in non-air conditioned domes in the summer. Like I'm not entirely sure how you play a hundred games in the middle of summer in Arizona and keep players healthy. Yeah, I mean, and this goes, we kind of had this conversation, I think, a couple weeks ago when we talked about cramming in so many games into such a short time span. And, you know, the more I got to thinking about that conversation, the more I forgot to mention, the more it, it dawned on me that I forgot to mention, you know, there is a certain healing aspect that comes into play when you think about the wear and tear that goes on to a human being's body when they're playing a sport to the level that these men are playing. And the heat, it also comes into play with that. I mean, the, the weather, it just adds so much more wear and tear to a body when you're putting it through that much duress over such a short amount of time. And then to put the heat element into that too. It just, to me, it's crazy. It, it's, I mean, think about how it feels to go outside and mow your lawn or do yard work, or even just go for a walk when it's you know, a hundred degrees outside. Now multiply that by, I would say about 50. And that's like what these guys have to go through. And they're, I mean, granted, you know, their bodies are a little bit more accustomed to it. They've done it, you know, for how many years now, however old they are, they've probably been doing it since they could walk. But I mean, it's still, it's a lot. And it's a lot to expect these players to be performing at top peak, peak level, when you're adding that additional element into it, especially when you have guys that play in domes and you have guys that play in the northern states, they somewhat get a break. And Lord knows some of these cities even rely on, you know, having rainouts because <laughs> there's another break. So, I mean, not to say that those those that that area would not experience rainouts. I'm sure they would, but it's just it's a lot. And that kind of worries me. Um, the kind of wear and tear you're going to put on some of these young players' bodies in one shortened, but try to be as, try to place as many games in their season as possible. It just, it, it's a little alarming if you think about it. Yeah, I think there would have to be some kind of temperature limits, like conditions you wouldn't play under. Cause it's one thing to play a game in Phoenix when it's 110 degrees outside, but the roof is up and it's air conditioned. It is an entirely different thing to ask somebody to play that game when it's 98 degrees, even at nine o'clock at night. You know what I mean? So I, there are obviously some things they're going to have to work out. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And you know that they'll, you know, they're not going to put anybody in harm's way. I mean, that's mm. not, <laughs> mm. oh, you don't, you think they will? I don't know. I think that a lot of this reeks of desperation and I'm sort of worried that they're going to be so so like convinced they have to play baseball that they're going to make mistakes. But you don't think the players association would have, would have be able to have a say in that? Well, they, they would obviously have a say. I hope that they would be heard and that they would, and that any concerns would be met. Um, I'm just not, I don't know how convinced I am that. Like I said, I hope their concerns will be heard. Yeah. Yeah. And met. You're, you're, you're thinking that they would not place as high a value on what the players think as the value of getting baseball back to 
the fans sure. and yeah. yeah and 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 the paying fans if you will <laughs> yeah I, I think there are competing interests here between the owners who really want these games to happen to keep the league going to get fans back involved i mean frankly if baseball is the only thing on lots of people who haven't been tuning into baseball for years are going to tune into baseball there's a massive business incentive for mlb to make something happen here and they need to do it in a way that protects players and keeps them safe a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah i agree with that uh, another element of this that hasn't been talked about a ton, and there was some really interesting polling that came out from Morning Consult on this, is what happens to the minor leagues? You know, it was only a couple of months ago when we were talking about this plan that nobody was excited about to cut 40-plus minor league teams in order to streamline the minors and improve playing conditions for the remaining teams and literally just, like, gut 25% of the minors. Major League Baseball will probably survive this shutdown, even if it doesn't come back in 2020. I don't think a lot of these minor league teams survive. And, and I'm worried about this. There are minor league teams who are already expected to apply for assistance under the CARES Act. That's the act that um, provides small business assistance for people who are like suffering shutdowns for restaurants and whatnot. Right now, it's also the bill that's going to send you $1,200 give or take, depending on where your income falls, theoretically. I don't know anybody that's actually gotten that money yet. Um, man, I don't know about this. I, I really hate the way that minor league baseball is going to be impacted by the shutdown, but I don't see any way around those closures happening now. Yeah, I agree. And it, it is alarming. And um, I, I do kind of feel the same as you in the sense that this is kind of the the downfall of some of those teams that have less supportive areas and that are not going to make it out of this. Um, you know, it's the strong survive. And unfortunately that's, you know, and it breaks my heart because you just know um, who all is going to be affected by that. And it, it's just, it's, it's so sad. It's, it's really sad and it sucks. And this is definitely, you know, I mean, I try to keep perspective on things because in situations like this to have, my health and still be able to have a job and be following for the most part, the rules of this whole thing. I mean, I am following the rules. I shouldn't say for the most part, I am following the rules. You know, I, I, there's much worse things I could be complaining about, but you hate to see people lose their livelihood and not be able to to do what they love and what they've been doing, working towards their whole life because of, of something like this, something that is so far out of their control. Um, it just, it just sucks. I really hope that a lot of those teams are able to get that relief and have some help and maybe even make it through all this. And, you know, and hopefully their, their, um, their major, whatever they call them, their parent organizations will help them and not let them go under. Um, I mean, you don't, I've not heard that anybody is going to do that, but who knows if anybody's at risk, maybe they, maybe they will jump in and and make sure that doesn't happen. But it's just such a sad situation for them. Yeah, I could not have said it any better at all. Speaking of sad situations, um, one of the things that came out on Twitter this week that was great from friend of the show, Danny Rocket, is a song about that he called Beer in the, Sun Beer in the Sunshine. And honestly, if you've not listened to this yet, you have to go listen to it. Uh, we're going to retweet it from the Cup of Cubby Blue account so that you can find it there. But it's just a really lovely ballad. And I, I know that Danny's kind of known for 
songs that are a little bit bodier. He does some remakes that are kind of funny. Uh, he has one of, one about the Cardinals that Andy and I both love that I can't talk about on the show because it's not. <laughs> we, Sorry, we friends. have to put an explicit language warning <laughs> on here. Um, but, but you should check that out too. However, Beer in the Sunshine is just a beautiful song and it really made me tear up the other night. So you should definitely listen to it. Yeah, I I have listened to all of his stuff. I thought up until this point, so I I don't think I've heard this. So I'm gonna have to go look for it because uh, yeah, his stuff is always so great, and we love to support our friends. So yes, I will definitely he, go listen. He literally um, recorded it yesterday on a whim. He was like, wrote oh. it and recorded it and just like put it up. And it's I, I texted him about it and I was like, wow, that's awesome. And he was like, yeah, just did it off the top of my head, and it's it's incredible. I highly recommend. I mean, the the talent on that one just, you know, seeps from his pores. I mean, that's just insane that he can just do that. It's just crazy to me. Absolutely. So go follow Sanranto and listen to Beer in the Sunshine. Um, Okay. It looks like we've got a couple of Cardinals notes to close things out here. Andy, I'm going to have you go first because I think mine is a little more upbeat. (laughs) Well, (laughs) this is definitely upbeat if you live in St. Louis or maybe not. Um, So... (laughs) A friend of ours shared a picture, um, Uncle Jeff, our, our beloved Uncle Jeff, who I miss so much because I've not seen him since, I don't know when, since convention. Oh, gosh, I guess the same time I've seen everybody else, but it seems like forever. Anyways, Uncle Jeff shared this. It was um, our loved friends of the South, which the city I live in, put up a statue that is a World Series trophy outside of Ballpark Village. Now, this was a article that he retweeted that came straight from the Post-Dispatch, which is the St. Louis newspaper. And the title of this article, please hold for one moment while I find what the exact title of this is. I want to say it's something like trying to find something good to say about this trophy. Um, And this is a St. Louis writer saying this. So (laughs) if this tells you anything about how bad this statue is, it is... Oh my goodness. I looked at it and I was just, I kind of, Oh my goodness. I just kind of threw up in my mouth. So the, the title of this is trying to find something nice to say about the Cardinals new statue. And if you guys have an opportunity, please go look at this thing because the guy that wrote this Ben Fredrickson, which I've never even heard of him. The guy that wrote this said when he first saw the picture, he thought he was being punked or he thought somebody had (laughs) Photoshopped it and like made it like, you know, had somehow or another made, like made the image large and placed it on this picture, this corner, corner lot of ballpark village. And he's like, okay, I'll just wait for the reveal. And he's like, nope, never came through. So I went, got into my car on Thursday morning and went down there. And sure enough, I was not the only Cardinals fan down there looking at the statue in person. And I was not also the only Cardinals fan down there groaning over how bad this statue was. <laughs> So I'm not alone in how I feel. I did, however, show it to my 12-year-old daughter, who is um, the cardinal fan of this house, besides my husband. And she thought it was awesome. And she got mad at me that I made a face at her. So um, my husband also thought it was awesome and said that we should get one, too. (laughs) Uh, No, because we're not tacky like that. Like, the Yankees don't even have a World Series trophy outside the stadium. So I kind of feel like he was saying that to me because I've been inside all day and I was getting ready to get on the phone with you and he's been outside painting our deck. So I kind of feel like he was a little mad at me that I was like inside looking and making fun of 
statues that the Cardinals put up and he's outside busting his butt for the betterment of our house. So I don't really feel like that's how he felt. I feel like when he sees it, he'll probably do the same groaning that this Ben Fredrickson did. But yeah, I just thought that was hilarious. I'm like, oh, for the love of Pete. Then he goes on to say in this article, which I think a lot of people listening to this will appreciate that it is the subtle or not so subtle way to remind the Cardinals that they need to put up a trophy now to match up with, um, with the blues and the chiefs <laughs> oh my God. because now they haven't won a trophy. They said, he said his third grade, third grade son has not seen the Cardinals win a world series. So now oh, the younger please. generation is getting old enough to not remember a world series that the Cardinals have won. So I thought that was kind of, kind of entertaining too. And it's nice that someone actually put that out there and like, in a sense that, you know what, guys, it has been a while. Maybe we should do this instead of we've won 11 World Series. <laughs> so I appreciated the fact that he was very honest and, and open about that feeling and that um, that trophy was equally as bad to Cardinals fans eyes as it is to everyone else. I mean, yes, but also please spare me the tears for the nine-year-olds that haven't seen the Cardinals win a World Series. Oh, right. No, no, no. But I just mean, because <laughs> the majority of people around here are like, well, we won 11 World Series. And, uh, oh, I know. And like, but also remember how long it's been since you've won your last one. And as in the eyes of Cardinals fans, apparently they start to fall off when it's been so long ago. So at what point do your guys' World Series championships start to fall off? Because apparently our first two don't count. <laughs> So how many of yours don't count now? So, yeah. So that, wow. I'll, I'll step down off my soapbox now. That's all I had about the Cardinals. No, you're today. good. Never, never change, St. Louis. Never change. Speaking of things that should never change, I would be remiss if I did not let people know that we passed a very important anniversary this week. It was the anniversary of the game where the ball got stuck to Yadier Molina's chest protector, oh. resulting in a Cubs comeback victory. So I would just like to say for the first and probably only time, thank you, Yachty. That was good stuff. And I was back to watch that game just for you. <laughs> that was so bad. I mean, that was so bad, but it was so funny because even like his face was like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, they never did anything about it. It was just like, oh, look, the ball, it's just defying gravi gravity. They're on the chest protector. Hmm. Well, and so many people were like in the same boat with you. Like, okay, well, clearly there's something on it that's making him, it's getting stick to his chest protector. Like, are we not going to question that? Are we not going to want to know more about that? Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of one of those unwritten rules that you just kind of, you know, until it becomes an official rule, it's just kind of like, meh. Keep keep going, keep moving. So I mean, we'll, we always have that replay to watch and laugh at. So it's like I, mean, I, I just like that that it set up that Schwarber go ahead home run. That was good stuff. Oh, it uh, really was. We'll we'll end this on a high note there. So good luck, everybody out there. Keep reading up on these new plans that may or may not bring us baseball in 2020. And seriously, if you have not watched it recently, highly recommend going back to watch the. Yadi Molina sticky chest protector game. It's actually quite fun. Until then, you can find me on Twitter at, at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find Andy on Twitter at, at BRYZ underscore blue. You can find both of us and Danny's new song at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. And we'll be back next week to talk about life without baseball. Bye. <laughs>